Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Print On Demand cast. As always, I'm Josiah, and yes, I am wearing a POD cast shirt. And yes, that is Travis wearing a POD cast hat. Uh, coming to a store near your, near you, maybe. I don't know. Let us know if you want one. We think they're swanky and we like them. Travis, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I agree with everything you just said. 100%. Ah, yes. hundred percent. You approve that message. <laughs> I do. I do. I, you know that I was, you know, I love that shirt. That, that long sleeve shirt looks yeah. Dude, really, I'll tell you, really these, nice. These tall text long sleeves, especially mm-hmm. the Heather gray are, probably one of my favorite things that we offer they're so comfortable mm-hmm. and uh so i've started to print a lot of stuff for myself because we all know a perk of having your own uh print on demand shop or direct to garment shop is you you can print whatever you want yep. uh so i print a lot of stuff for myself on these long sleeves because they're just super comfortable so i highly recommend them anyone out there listening it's like what's a good long sleeve teltex long sleeves specifically the heather gray yeah is the bread and butter. I like them yeah. quite a bit. I'm actually wearing a Toltex short sleeve Heather Gray shirt yeah. under this go. hoodie. So yeah, I, I love the Toltex is a really good fitting shirt for mm-hmm. for me anyway. And uh, yeah, it's one yeah. of my favorites. And it's it a, feels really nice and it prints. Yeah, great it's and, great quality for mm-hmm. a great price. I was talking to someone yesterday mm-hmm. uh, about merch and they're they're putting on an event later this summer, and she's like, I want high quality for a low budget price and uh you know you which would, is who, who doesn't everyone else <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> who doesn't want that uh but you know toltex and uh, you know gildan soft style are definitely in yeah. that vein of yeah. two shirts that that great i, I want to do a taste test not a taste test because you can't eat a shirt well you could but it's not healthy i want to do a blind test <laughs> and take the tags off of like a gildan and a bell on canvas and an x level and give them to someone and see if they can tell the difference because i'm pretty sure they're all fairly similar uh, mm-hmm. to one another. It's just like Bella is the apple of, yeah. of shirts, which we've talked right. about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the people people just go after the tag and mm-hmm. think that it's just for your shirt. So I don't know how we got on this rabbit trail uh, at all. All I know that, is a gorgeous <laughs> shirt you're wearing. That's how we if, got on Yeah, it. if you want one of these gorgeous shirts, DM the Facebook group or the Facebook page. We can get you one because uh, they're, uh, they're not on sale yet unless we get enough demand. So it's a grassroots movement, uh, and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> That's right. So, so this episode is an interview episode, uh, which means, of course, the point of interest uh, will not be happening uh, this episode because we have a lot to get to for this interview segment. And this interview is with Brittany Lewis and Travis. We were talking before we pressed record. This is probably one of the first interviews that we've done that neither you, you nor I have had any actual <coughs> interaction with with the guests. It was kind of a, a cold interview. Like there's there's no relational right. you know equity there. It was just like, hey, first time seeing you, we're going to ask you a lot of questions. So, uh, <laughs> what what are you uh, looking forward to the most uh, in this interview with Brittany? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of saw, or I've been watching Brittany from a Facebook group, you know, that she's in and, and, uh, or that she runs and, you know, um, 
she's uh, she really kind of knows her stuff. And, and I've been impressed mm-hmm. with, particularly on Etsy. That's that's her jam. And every time I like yeah. see her on Instagram or Facebook or I, I you know I tune into one of her lives or something, the things that she's sharing are like on point. And so, um, that was, that was the whole reason I reached out to her. And, and I mean, she's, she's crushing it on Instagram. She's doing a ton of, she has a ton of followers and it it took her a while to get back to me. And I'm, I'm glad she did because, um, I I know she's going to, she's going to give a, have a lot of value for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Etsy of course is something that I have some experience with kind of, uh, just because my wife has been building an Etsy shop. And so, you know, we've been in the throes of building an Etsy store and a brand, um, recently. So I'm really looking forward to gaining her insight into, um, success on Etsy and see if she's doing anything else. Is she on any other platforms? Is Etsy her bread and butter? Where, where is it going? Just kind of hearing her, her journey as an entrepreneur and in POD. So with that, we are going to transition to the main event of this episode, our interview with Brittany Lewis. Travis, I'm super excited about our guest for this podcast, the interview that we have lined up with Brittany Lewis. Now, those for those listening uh, that don't know Brittany Lewis, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she's been selling online for over seven years and is in the one in the 1% of Etsy sellers having sold over $600,000 on that platform. She's also a consultant with a specialty in print on demand and super passionate about helping other sellers reach the top. Now, we're going to get in, into all of that and more as we welcome Brittany Lewis to to the print on demand cast. Brittany, thanks for taking time uh, to join us and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Brittany, I uh, actually stumbled onto you on Facebook. I don't know how, I can't remember this specific moment. I saw your group, but I did join your group and um, it's, it's a phenomenal group. It's um, we were talking a little bit, you know, before we pressed record about how it's, it's one of those positive groups, you know, some, a lot of Facebook groups can kind of go South, but um, you've done a really good job (laughs) and we all know that you've done a job of, of cultivating kind of a, you know, a culture of, of, of helping others. And, and we appreciate that, you know, we're always looking for people that are doing that. And so that's one of the reasons we offer, or we, we asked you to be on the podcast today. Um, Would you just take a minute and tell our listeners kind of, what got you started in print on demand and, and, and where you're, you know, where you were and where you're at today? Yeah. So I have always been super entrepreneurial and I always wanted to do my own thing, but I wasn't really sure how I was going to get there. You know, I never had any like big business ideas that just clicked and I felt like that's the one. So I, I worked, you know, the nine to five jobs, like a lot of people do through college. And in my early twenties, I was working jobs that I absolutely hated and I stumbled on Etsy and I tried a few different type of Etsy shops at first and they didn't work. And so a few years went by, I kept working at jobs I hated and I started another Etsy shop. This time I just said, you know, I'm going to try something different. I was selling high-waisted jean shorts and I was wearing them and I couldn't find them anywhere. I was, I was cutting them and finding them at like goodwill by myself. And uh, I, a lot of people probably are having the same issue. A lot of girls probably want to wear these too. So I started cutting my own jean shorts and I quickly discovered that a lot of the people that were buying these items were going to festivals and they were, you know, can I get this by Coachella or can I get this by Bonnaroo or or all all these rave and festivals? And I thought, wow, I think that this is really resonating with people. 
you know, especially during summertime, going to these festivals or even in the wintertime going to raves. So I started crafting my shop around uh, Raven Festival wear, even though I had never been to one in my life. Still haven't. <laughs> um, and I was doing my own handmade thing for a while. It was probably one or two years. And I discovered print on demand after just countless hours of creating my own stuff. Mm. It's a lot of work, <laughs> purely handmade production on your own. Sure. So when I discovered print on demand, it was like the angels sang and the heavens opened. And I was like, how is this possible that someone <laughs> can do all of this production for me? I can just create designs and they can print and ship it. It was the best thing ever. So I, uh, it was printful that I discovered at first. And so I quickly, yeah. quickly, quickly went uh, to work in creating designs that still jived with the vibe and uh, overall, you know, thing that I had created with this shop. And it just kind of took off from there. It was really cool how I was able to just organically continue building my shop through print on demand. Mm -hmm. uh, something I had never planned on doing. It wasn't like I set out to even create a full-time Etsy business, but you know, within three, three months of having my Etsy shop, even with just making things handmade, I was full time. Um, so it all happened really fast and really organically and, and not planned at all. I, I never had this grand plan of doing all of this. Um, and so I found that that is kind of the way a lot of things in my life unfold. I'm not really too much of a goal setter, which is like the kiss of death for most gurus to say. Um, <laughs> I really have found that I just am better rolling with the punches and, and things mm. unfold for me in really amazing ways when I just trust the process and I allow things to unfold. And that's kind of what I teach now. We'll get more in, into it, I'm sure. But just experimenting, building out on what's working, experimenting some more, building out on what's working. I, I I do every area of my life that way and it kind of never fails me. So that's how it all started with print on demand. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Did you, did you do Etsy primarily? Was that your platform of choice because you were doing handmade stuff originally? Cause I know Etsy's kind of like when people yeah. think handmade, handcrafted, they, they go to Etsy. Is that what kind of drew you to Etsy in, initially? Yeah. And, and that's become your primary platform, correct? Are you on any other platforms doing print on demand yeah, or is it just solely Etsy? I have my own website and I've, I've tried every other platform, but it was always the thing that stuck and that I was able to be the most successful on. The reason I started on it is just because I was obsessed with it as a buyer, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Like I was always talking on Etsy. And so just like, that's a no brainer. I, I want to sell on Etsy. And obviously it's continued to grow at a wild pace every single year. And yeah. so it just seemed like a no brainer. And that's kind of where I started and, and realized that with as big of a organic traffic stream as they have, I don't need to drive that. I don't need to pay for ads. I don't need to drive traffic. I can just sort of like build my own thing organically. And I was kind of learning to right. hack the system, the organic algorithm as I went. And the more I found out, the more encouraging it was that I could continue building this out in, in a very real way. Nice. Um, so Brittany, I've been, like I said, I've been in your, you know, stalking in your Facebook group, answering a few, you know, <laughs> throwing, throwing out my opinion occasionally, but really I've been just, you know, kind of lurking a little bit. Uh, and one of the things you're known for in your Facebook group is trend spotting. And it's something that you, um, you know, you, you, you really like to capitalize on trends. And so I wondered if you could share some strategies for our audience about how to do that. Uh, well, first of all, what is it? And then how can you capitalize on that trend spot? Yeah. 
Love it. Favorite question. So this is something I'm all fired up about this today because I actually just did a live workshop on Instagram two hours ago, all about abolishing the old map for creating print on demand success. The the mental Mm -hmm. paradigm that most people think is going to get them ultimately to print on demand success needs to be done away with because it's all about the seller. It's all about driving traffic you know, 5% of your energy goes into creating a product and 95% of your energy goes into driving traffic to their product. So my way of doing things, the Be A Wolf Biz way is being customer centric in a way that, you know, probably 80% of your energy goes toward trend spotting and creating products for for Mm. people that are actually looking for it. You know, you, in order to create a bunch of bestsellers, you need to have items that a bunch of people are actively searching for. And that's something that I think a lot of new sellers don't realize is a thing. They just miss it because it's not the old way of doing things. Uh, so trend spotting allows you to, uh, go to very specific places. I I have a, a specific process I outlined in my ebook blank to bank. And, uh, you know, I break it down using specific resources like Pinterest trends and Google trends and Etsy, uh, mm-hmm. Pinterest itself and AliExpress. And you go through all these steps in order to glean out as much data and information as you can about products that people are actively buying and actively searching for. And I really, I'm always pre becoming the expert on what people are looking for because many people just dive in they say, okay, I'm going to create this product. Now, how do I get more people to buy it? And I say, you know, step back, do away with that and think how can I create a better product that's going to attract the most people? Because when you're on Etsy, you have this built-in traffic stream that if you have what people want, they're going to find it and they're going to buy it. But you need to first know what people want before you can actually create for those things. And this is something that when it clicks for people, it blows their minds. But before you hear it, it sounds kind of like, duh, that's common sense, but it's just not the way that people do things. So, um, you know, I've been course creating only for the last seven months or so. I've been a seller for seven years, but I really only started creating courses uh, last year. And I've been consulting one-on-one for about four years. But when I started doing this, I started realizing how much people were relying on driving traffic. And when things weren't working, they're like, well, how do I get more Instagram followers? And I'm like, you're asking all the wrong questions. This is not going to solve your problem. Driving more traffic to products that nobody wants is not going to do anything for you. It's not going to sure. create the So you have to start with the product being the best it can be and not even just the best it can be, it can be the best it can be in terms of demand, as much demand as possible. And if you can put a spin on it, like I teach in in Blank to Bank, I talk about combining trends. So you don't just want to sell the type of trends everybody else is selling or you don't want to sell the same designs as everybody else is selling, right? Because everybody Mm -hmm. else is selling it. So a way that I found that works really well is to know what's currently trending to take something else that's currently trending and smash those two things together to create this hyper-trending item that people are going to go wild for. Uh, And this is something that I've done for a very, very long time, and it works almost every time. You know, it creates stuff that people haven't seen before and that are really unique, which is pretty much the reason why people shop on Etsy is to find things that you can't find elsewhere. Do you feel like um, in your... When you're looking for you know a new product to to uh, to introduce to the market, do you focus more on the design of you know the piece of the product that's going or the actual product itself, or do you find that those two are are kind of you know working together to create that perfect um, yeah. you know that perfect product? 
Yeah. So there's a lot of options with print on demand. Obviously they grow every single day. I mean, I think Printify just added like a lampshade to their, to yeah. their catalog. Yeah. We yeah. actually yeah. talked about that a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we just want tie dye. Why are you giving us lampshades? But that's another thing right there. Um, but for, you know, picking what you want to sell out of this catalog, I always say, you know, be Wolf Biz, we are trying to build booming businesses, right? We're trying to go full-time. We're trying to quit the full-time jobs that nobody wants, that we don't like. Yeah. And so my approach is what can you sell with the highest profit margins? So you can make the most money and get out of the job that you want to get out of and have the most freedom possible that you can have. And, um, my, my opinion on that is, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, that's always been my highest profit margin items. And if you can focus on that, especially t-shirts, everybody says, no, but the market's too saturated. Uh, it's not, there's millions of micro niches of designs that you can create for your t-shirts that lots of yeah. people are looking for. Uh, I don't believe that the t-shirt market will ever be saturated. Uh, so if you're designing like everybody else creating, you know, happy 4th of July shirts with fireworks, <laughs> sure. pizza, I love pizza shirts. Of course it's saturated. But there's specific things that you can do to be in these micro niches that are super high demand. So uh, I think it's uh, it depends is the answer to that question. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're selling this, if you're selling print on demand as a hobby, you want to make a few extra bucks or you really happen to love mugs, then sell mugs. Uh, But mugs don't (laughs) particularly have too high of a profit margin. And uh, there's a lot of them on the market. They're not quite as micro niched as T-shirts can be. So uh, I always highly recommend clothing, T-shirts, hoodies and and crewnecks, especially just because of their profit margin and the opportunity and how many micro niches there are within that category. Awesome. That's fantastic advice. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about because you do always hear the t-shirt uh, market is saturated. But what you're saying is if if you come up with unique designs, it's not going to be saturated because no one else has that design that you're selling in your shop. So right. it's a way to kind of cut through the noise and get to the intention of the buyer. And I know personally, so my, my wife has an Etsy shop and, and she's, she's done really well for herself. And one of the things that she harps on the most is mock-ups and she wants the perfect mock-up. And with Etsy, it's very much a lifestyle mock-ups. Cause I'll say, what about this? And she's like, that's not, that might work for Amazon, but it's not going to work for Etsy. And I'm just continually confused as to why sometimes, but so, so my, my, my question to you is, yeah, let's talk about the importance of mock-ups and what they lend to a listing and just the aesthetic, especially Etsy. You can have a shop aesthetic much easier than on an Amazon and a Walmart. So talk to us about the importance of a mock-up when it comes to the listing. Cause it's like, it's one of the things that it's like, yeah, we need it, but some people don't understand the importance of it and what it can do for your listing. Thing. Totally. So, okay. So much I want to talk about here. I'm super passionate about photos. They're so powerful. Um, actually, my my the stuff I teach in my Etsy master course, like my my biggest course that I sell that has everything in it. I go over five keys to Etsy shop success, and that's uh, you know demand branding photos, keywords, and uh, you know all of those things that go into making your listing unique. So yeah. Listing photos are the visual representation of what you're trying to sell. And the reason why you said what you said about, uh, you know, not understanding why it has to be lifestyle. Etsy customers are Pinterest users. They're, they're like one and the same. And Pinterest is a very visually 
driven platform as is Etsy. Yeah. So, uh, people that are using Pinterest are very creative. They're wanting what's unique. They're wanting things that other people don't have. They're doing DIY stuff. Those same shoppers are on Etsy looking for things that are, um, just special and something that they can't find anywhere else. So on Etsy, the more that you can create a vibe in your very first listing photo, that photo that appears in the search results amidst, you know, all your other competitors. Uh, if you yeah. can really nail that very first photo and your design is really good and what people are actually looking for, you have to still have all the other puzzle pieces. If you have a bad design and a great photo, it still doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but if you can create a feeling, like if you can spark excitement in somebody where before they even click on uh, the item, they're already like excited about it and they already want to add it to their cart. Yeah. That yeah. is when you are creating big momentum. And that is something that I have found is almost always the problem when people are saying like, my shop is not working. I feel like everything I'm doing is right. Brittany, can you please just glance sure. at it really? Tell me what else I can, I can do better. One of the first things I always say, I mean, I seriously, 95% of the time I'm like your photos <laughs> almost always. So sure. I say like if you're using Printful, even if you're using Printify and you're using a mock-up from one of those print on demand providers as your first listing photo, knock it off. <laughs> We've yeah. got to check that immediately only because it has no emotional connection. Emotion is what creates purchases and, and it, connecting with somebody emotionally and having a shop as a whole is even better. Like my Raven festival yeah. where shop, when I found out the type of things or the type of customers were coming and buying from me the most, I was kind of, I, I'd never been to a rave or a festival, but I knew their style very well. So I was able to give them what they wanted. I, I was into the same stuff, like the glitter, the unicorns, the purples and the holographic textures and all of that. And so once sure. I discovered like, Ooh, this is the stuff that makes these people excited. I incorporated it in every area of my shop as possible. Like all of the banner, the branding, my photos, everything had these elements of kind of like this magical rave festival wear stuff. And when people saw sure. it, they were best with it. I created, you know, I had an Instagram account and it, the whole feed was just like purple filters and glitter and all of this sort of fun stuff that got people that were my ideal customer excited to yeah. be there, excited to shop there. Uh, and I think if you can create that feeling for your customer, it's in the bag and, and, and you've got it figured out. But a lot of people struggle with listing photos because they don't understand the underlying feeling behind a trend and like why people are searching for these trends. And also, I just think people like to see what that uh, product will look like in its best form. So like get a cute sure. model, merchandise it, you know, all, all brands do this, put some jewelry with it, make it look cute. Like we're not an exception because we're selling online. We have to make these products look as enticing as possible. And especially the women and men that are shopping on Etsy, they want to see it done to the nines. They want to see how this product yeah. will look on the most stylized version of a model as possible. Yeah, I, when I worked at I worked at in retail for a while. I worked at the Buckle for probably a year or so. And when it came to the window shopping, that was the whole the whole goal was, yeah, it's a Hurley shirt, but we're gonna put the Hurley shirt with the cool accessory and the right hat and the right jeans, right. and it's gonna look like peak performance ready. So when that person walks by the window, uh, they're gonna want to come in and get that shirt, perhaps the whole ensemble. Who knows? But I think that's kind of what I hear you saying is that's the equivalent of yeah. window shopping is those listing photos. That's the person walking by your store in the mall and catching their attention and getting them to come into your store is is the end goal of of the mock-ups. 
Correct. Yes. And that is the exact example. I think I was talking to people in my elite membership yesterday um, about this exactly. And I use that metaphor. I said, when you're trend spotting, think of it like when people are walking through the mall, they're looking in the windows of these brands. They're not, they don't have just t-shirts hung up on the wall. Like they know that's not going to sell their shirts. They have them merchandised in a specific way that's directed at their target market. And online is no different. You have to know your customer and you have to understand the trend because you could have one shop with multiple trends in it and each photo should speak to the person interested in that specific trend. There's a lot to know, of course, but that's why I preach uh, constantly trend research and understanding your customer and understanding trends and really becoming the expert yourself because without that, you're going to keep shooting and and missing and and it's really frustrating when you feel like you're doing so much work but not getting any results. Yeah, I love the uh, the mall analogy because you walk through the mall and there's you know there's all these different stores and each one of them they you know you might walk by five different you know clothing stores and mm-hmm. and the there's all different types of people that they're trying to target with these different yeah. stores and so and that's kind of what the listing pictures do. Um, I want to I want to ask you kind of a, a an interesting question or a crazy question, uh, and I have a feeling that um, you kind of answered it uh, when you were talking about knowing your customer. But if you had to start all over, and this hopefully will help some of our newer, you know, some of our listeners that maybe haven't started, haven't taken the the leap into print on demand yet, um, and you lost all your contacts, you didn't know, um, you know. Well, I guess you. You can't, you know what Printify is and you know what Printful is, but you lost all of your, um, your, your business contacts. You you don't have any designs. You don't have any mock-up, you know, anything. And you have to start from, you know, from square one. What are you going to be doing in your first day, your first week, your first month? What's your strategy? Amazing. So yeah, you guys are hitting on all the things I've been talking about recently. Literally in that (laughs) live I did a couple hours ago, I said, if I had to open a shop tomorrow, uh, I know that I could make it full time in two, three months, maybe even a month, mm, like wow. between one or three months. I'm sure that I can, because I have a specific map that I have proven over and over again, as many times as I've taught, you know, thousands of sellers at this point, it always sure. works when you commit to it. So I think the first thing I would do, uh, and the first thing I encourage new sellers to do is get off your butt and open a shop. Don't deliberate. Don't think about like, what am I going to sell? What's my shop going to look like? How many listings do I need? I need to create all my designs first. No, just open a shop, throw your designs up. It's a very messy process in the beginning. And it should be because you're experimenting. You have to test until you know what works. Sellers think that they they make the assumption that they know what's going to work, right? And I was one of them. When I listed my high-waisted shorts, I was like, it's going to be a high-waisted short shop. I love it. And that probably would have worked to some degree. But if I wouldn't have within a few months been like, wait a minute, this festival thing, like I was paying attention. If mm-hmm. I hadn't been paying yeah. attention to my customers, then I wouldn't have known that. And if I had refused to build out that way, if I had been like, no, I'm, that's a possibility, but I'm a high-waisted short shop. I'm not going to expand mm-hmm. to all this stuff. I would have missed out on so much stuff. And I see this all day, every day. People are like, no, I want 
be like, you know, I want to have my Bible birch shirts or I want to have my so-and-so. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do a particular thing. But if we're talking building a full-time business, you have to be incredibly flexible. Um, So I, I would, the first and foremost thing I would do is open my shop and let things get really messy and test, test, test away. (laughs) Uh, You know, and, and I have a very good intuition at this point. That's why I, uh, I'm always talking about trend spotting and I have this trend spotting membership is because I feel like when I see something, I can intuitively know whether or not it's going to explode in the next year or so, uh, or in the next month, whatever. So, um, I think I would use that. I'd go through the blank to bank process as I always do. It's a continual thing. It's not something that you do once and then you're like, okay, I did it. it it's a, it's a never ending cycle of learning what's trending now. Uh, so in the shop, do my research, collect all my data and start designing, start listing things and just take action. That's, that's really what it takes. I want to ask one more question. Um, you've been talking a lot about trends and it just hit me. Um, I'm just curious, do, do you ever go after evergreen niches or are you more just focused on the trends and hopefully some of those trends become evergreen for you? Or do you kind of do both and? So I, my way of doing things has really in my own shop has been trending stuff. And a lot of that turns evergreen, to be honest, mm. trends don't come and go as fast as a lot of people think they do. Uh, I just had somebody ask me today, like, how do I know how, how soon should I delete a listing after a trend falls off? And I'm like, where is the like barometer for when a trend falls off? That doesn't <laughs> have, like there's sure. no day of like tie dye's done now, or, you know, like, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> So instead of like worrying so much about when a trend falls off, just let things go and keep creating new trends. If something goes evergreen, fabulous. If something falls off, fine. You spend 20 cents renewing a listing. You don't lose anything. It doesn't matter. Um, So I'm always about looking forward and creating what's in demand now. But a lot of things are evergreen. Like, um, you know, I had a shop that had a lot of hiking stuff in it and I kind of would incorporate trendy stuff into hiking stuff. And those people were five years. So it's really a matter of just, uh, you know, integrating things as you see them and going with your gut after you have experimented and learned enough to have cultivated, a, an accurate gut feeling. Um, yeah. but until then, I think when you're first starting out going for the trending, uh, things is important because if you go after the evergreen things, I think a lot of times people do that and they chase holidays. So they create Valentine shirts and and sure. shamrock teas and then like good luck with that against a, a million competitors right, <laughs> right, so in right. Like, i say like i am not a proponent of holiday design creation at all especially for new sellers you have no momentum built on the etsy platform just do not do it unless you're combining it with a, tr- a current trend somehow to make it really in demand Mm-hmm. Uh, so like right. for Christmas, if you're combining it, we talk a lot about cottage core as a trend in my, in my group lately. And I said, if you're going to design for Christmas, please do not create, let's get lit shirts or, you know, <laughs> you know, the Christmas trees. Cause that's what everyone is doing. And like, it makes sense to try to compete against all those people with these designs that yeah. everybody has. Um, so instead understand cottage core because it, it's kind of one of those things that is like really cozy and homey and, and organic and it's blown up within the last year and then combine it with a Christmas quote or something Christmassy. Uh, and that's okay, but that takes a lot of knowledge. So it's not something that I highly recommend for new sellers either. I, I recommend just sticking with the basics and don't try to compete in, you know, mega, mega saturated markets, right. uh, go for the smaller areas where you have more chance of reaching more people through really great sure. design. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that's fantastic. I like, you know, what you said, you know, um, probably a question ago, you're talking about how you thought you were going to be a high waisted shorts shop. And that was going to be the sum total of what, of what you offered, but you allowed yourself to grow according to what the demand was, what the mm-hmm. trend was. And we talk a lot about on the show about, you know, uh, one, take action, just do it, put stuff out there, but also, you know, focus on something specific that you want to be good at. But I, what I hear you saying, what I like is, is don't pigeonhole yourself. Like you can start somewhere, but if you see things starting to move in a different direction, don't pigeonhole yourself as far as what you're going to offer, the designs that you're going to make, you know, don't put yourself in that scenario because if you would have done that, it would have been a huge failure. And I know know, here we started doing home decor. We print on wood signs and we print on pillow covers. We print on tea towels uh, at my wife's uh, behest. It was her idea for her (laughs) Etsy shop. And uh, we were very, I was very much like, yeah, but we print shirts and sweaters. So and hoodies, like we're a shirt print shop. What are we doing with what's, I don't want to be a decor shop. You nuts. So, but had we, had we gone with that line of thinking, we would have pigeonholed ourselves and lost out Mm -hmm. on a huge market that we now move a lot of product in. So if, if we wouldn't have allowed ourselves to evolve, it would have been a failure. And so I want to ask you again, on the note of, of, you know, failures in business, what is a particular failure that something happened that you felt like was a huge failure in your business and your journey? Again, in, in the show, we talk a lot about how the people on the screen, the people on Instagram with their carefully curated moments of, of perfection, yeah. all that kind of stuff. We're all human. We've all gone through mistakes. We've all made huge mistakes and blunders, no matter what it is, business or otherwise. So hopefully this will also offer some encouragement for that person just starting out, that person who feels like, man, I made yeah. a mistake. And is there recovery from it? Um, what's an example of that? in your POD, in your entrepreneur journey, really. Um, yeah. yeah. I love this question because it's, everybody is always just like, Brittany, you're always going and you're all, like a lot of things that you do work and it's not fair. I feel like I'm trying. And it's <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Except we don't see the 20 million things I tried that didn't work or the, yeah. the thousands of mistakes that I've made. Um, I think that I've been successful largely because I'm just willing to try literally everything and see what sticks and then go for it. Um, I think it's interesting as well. I just want to mention before I answer that question directly, I have built Be A Wolf Biz, my consulting business in the exact same way I built my Etsy shop years ago. Um, Mm. And I started out as like an Etsy consultant. I was like, I just want to help Etsy shop sellers learn how to build their Etsy business. And then I started creating YouTube videos around it. And I saw all these print on demand people in the comments and they're like, well, teach us how to like, how do I sell this and sell this? And I realized like, Oh, where the real niche is, that's going to uh, be my best option is focusing on print on demand. Mm -hmm. So I went into it just trying to teach Etsy sellers. And then I was like, okay, I see this. It's just like, I went into it trying to sell high-waisted shorts. When you see something that presents an opportunity, that's going to lead you in a different direction. You can't have ego about that. If you let your ego get in the way, your actual journey is going to be like cut in half, if not stunted altogether. So I tell people all the time, just like stop having an ego and assuming that you know best because you don't know best when you know better, you can do better, but until you know better, you don't know anything. Right. And just like keep yourself open to all the possibilities. So I think that's a really, really great point. Um, And I just wanted to share that very quickly. But in terms of blunders, I have so many. I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I have thought like this is the end of the road. This is just like 
my quitting time. This is when I, I waved the white flag and I'm out, but I didn't, I just kept going through all of them. Um, I want to tell you two very quickly because they're my two favorite. They're the worst of the worst. My first one was when I was selling high-waisted shorts. This is a very embarrassing story. Um, I went to, uh, a local, retail shop. Again, this was seven years ago. I probably would not go about this the same way now, but I did the best I knew how then. Um, I went to a local retail shop and I was like, Hey, would you like to carry these high-waisted shorts? They're really cool. It was like kind of a a trendy thrift shop kind of place. Um, and I didn't realize that I was just going to go all in on Etsy. So I was trying different things and I asked them if they wanted to carry these shorts and they were like, yes, sure. We'd love to. And it's, it was a really booming place. So I was beyond excited. It was like my first real venture. And, um, so I did all of these, uh, shorts and at the time they were galaxy print shorts. So I was actually hand painting like three different colors of paint and creating a a galaxy pattern by hand. And so I created Mm. like two of these shorts and, uh, it took me hours and I had ran to the store and I had to be at, at the shop that I was bringing them to in like an hour or two. And I had ran to the grocery store really fast. When I came home, this was at the time I was living with my parents. Um, I was having a mid twenties crisis at the time when I started my Etsy shop. <laughs> um, and so I was living with my parents and I ran home really fast trying to get everything together. And I had this box of um, high-waisted shorts that were waiting to be taken to the store. And I went to grab them and I started like, I got like a big whiff of uh, cat urine smell. And oh, I thought, no. Is that my cat oh. got into this box of high-waisted shorts, right? And, uh, you know, looking back, it wasn't that <laughs> like this whole, the, whole, the whole deal wasn't that major. It was just like a couple of shorts I was selling at this place. But to me at the time, it was everything. It was everything, it was like, yeah. Ever. Uh, and so I lifted one of the shorts and I looked at it and I kind of got closer and I was like, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So my cat had peed over all over 10 to 15 pairs of these high-waisted shorts that I had to have to the shop in one hour. Hmm. Uh, so I threw them in the wash <laughs> and <laughs> I, uh, went as quickly as I could. I dumped about half of a bottle of detergent into the wash. I threw them into the dryer I did a quick sniff test as soon as they were out. And then I was on my way to this this thrift store and I actually ended up still giving them these high-waisted shorts, um, that my cat had peed on prior. So, um, Like, like I said, that is not a story I'm proud of, but I had to do what I felt like I had to do in that moment. And they did not smell like happy by some crazy, uh, by some crazy outcome. They actually didn't end up, it's so hard to get that smell out of anything, but they really didn't. And the shop had no problems and we actually sold all of them. So it was a happy ending. Um, well, it was a very tragic experience and I wanted to literally crawl in a hole and die. Mm. Um, but the second one, I'll go very fast because I know these are, these are long. That last one's long, but the, the second one happened to me actually last year. It was very recent. I created these hoodies through Printify. It was at the beginning of the, um, it was at the beginning of the pandemic. So everything was mm. all crazy. Printify mm-hmm. went nuts at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and so I had created these hoodies and followers of mine have heard the story before because I love to tell it. It was tragic. Um, yeah. I had created hoodies with a very small design that went uh, right underneath the neck. And it was just like a center design that was very high up and very small. It was like a very delicate type of design. And Printify 
it was very confusing. They, one of their providers, the Dream Junction, had changed their guidelines for where the design could be placed within the guidelines. Because, you know, when you go to place any print-on-demand design, you have to have it within this square on whatever garment you're placing it on. So sure. the Dream Junction, the, one of the providers that I was using, um, brought their guidelines down. And so my design that was sitting along the top got cut in half. Hmm. Um, there got, they had sent out an email telling us that the guidelines changed, but it was like the tiniest line of text at the very bottom <laughs> of one email. Um, oh. and so I, wow. of course, it was, it was crazy. I, I don't read every single line of every single email that Printify sends me. And there was no other indication of this anywhere else. Wow. So I didn't realize what was happening. And this just happened to be one of my best selling products of all time. <laughs> and during the pandemic, this was when everybody started shopping. It was the right. big quarantine. Yeah. And so I had um, just hundreds of sales of these hoodies. And I'd say probably a hundred went out with the design cup completely in house. Um, oh, no. So at that point I started receiving the messages. I started crying. Things got very, <laughs> very emotional <laughs> and very trying. And um, it was one of those times where I just wanted to close my Etsy shop altogether and say, I quit because, you know, with bad reviews, with shipping yeah. times, with, with the pandemic just hitting anyways, I was, a mess as it was, but everyone was trying to get everything in order. So then I had all these messages right. and these bad reviews being left before I could even reply to messages. I had to refund everybody that uh, wrote me because I contacted Printify oh. and I said, Listen, I didn't know you guys didn't do a good enough job of, of telling sellers that these guidelines moved. And they were like, well, we're actually not going to replace any of them because it was your responsibility. Oh. to." Oh. So it was all completely my responsibility. And Printify oh, just said, gosh. We told you in the email. I was like, you told me in one sentence at the bottom of the email. <laughs> um, so yeah, I lost a lot of money and a lot of tears, as I said. But, mm. um, you know, as time went on, I started getting fewer and fewer of those messages and things continued on. Life went on. Sales went on. It was fine. I got one or two bad reviews from it. Everybody else was somewhat understanding. Um, but that was definitely an example of a time where I wanted to throw in the towel. And I think if people think that doesn't happen to people like hmm. me, or like us that right. have high level sales, it happens literally all the time. There's nothing yeah. you can do to stop stuff like that from happening. All you can do is be really, really, really good at responding to those problems um, mentally. Cause if you, if you're not good at responding to them mentally, if you don't keep your emotions in check and just say like, what's the solution, you know, we could, yeah. we can hop on about it. We can be mad at Printify. We can spend all this time being upset or we can just solve it as it comes yeah. move on. And I think that I have become a really tough cookie in that respect because <laughs> I know at this point, not many things can, can stop me, including, you know, hundreds of items going out with a design. Yeah. <laughs> And cat pee shorts either. Nothing can stop me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's and one of my favorite Winston Churchill co quotes is success is moving from failure to failure without losing oh, determination. So good. And uh, that's what I think about all the time. You know, when I, we talk to entrepreneurs like yourself or we share stories, you know, or man, this went bad. We're, you know, back in our Amazon days, making bad buys on wholesale yeah. deals. And it's just like, yeah. it's, it's just part, it's part of the game, you know? And it's, I think it's totally. important too, for, for those listening, um, you know, we, we talk about a lot. Don't compare your chapter one with Brittany's chapter 10 and, and look at what Brittany's doing and, and feel discouraged 
the point of that question was to say, we've all started from somewhere. We've all made those mistakes and don't compare yourself because a comparison is the thief of joy. You'll lose all motivation. If all you're doing is comparing your chapters to one another, when you don't know the other nine chapters, it took Brittany to get to where she is. So be encouraged that uh, (laughs) though the journey might be, you know, arduous at times, it is doable and we're all on the same journey together and we want to see each other succeed. Absolutely. And I wish that people could see my chapter one so they can compare it to their chapter one. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I wish that was the thing, but unfortunately you can't really film every moment, but I try to be as transparent as possible about that stuff. Cause I'm like, if you expect to be where I am in a day or even a month or a year, (laughs) it's not going to happen, but you're where I am at the same point in time. So you can get there eventually, but the whole game is patience and being able to persevere. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Well, um, Brittany, thanks for sharing those, um, those moments. I mean, we've all got them, but it's always, it's refreshing to hear that we're all, you know, we're all human and uh, we're going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen that are out of our control and we're going to have to adapt. And, and so, yeah, appreciate you being transparent and honest with those. (laughs) Those are some great stories. Um, so moving on. So if you could, look into the future, you know, get your crystal ball out for us for a minute. And we'd love to hear what your, um, your idea for the future of print on demand is. We love to ask our, you know, we love to ask our interviewees this question because everybody's kind of got a different slant. And, and so we'd love to hear what you think, you know, is, is the future of print on demand. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell my followers this a lot when they complain about like, uh, you know, Printify or Printful not having certain things. I'm like, you guys, this is literally like the prelude to print on demand. We are just getting started. There is never like we are in a stage of where this thing is in its complete and total infancy. I think it's in like pre-infancy and the way that exploded in uh, 2020 with, with the pandemic just accelerated where it was already headed. Uh, And so I think what we're working with now is so, it's just going to be sad, a sad comparison to what it will be in a year or even in Mm. two years. I can't imagine. I think, you know, it's going to expand into such greater things in terms of like what they're offering. Like, uh, you know, we have a lot of options now, but they're, they're not always the best options. And I think we're going to get better options. We're going to get cheaper prices. We're going to get more competition in terms of providers. So we have more choices. Uh, I think people are just catching wind of print on demand. Like it's really a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody that's discouraged now thinking that this is always going to be the way it is. I I truly don't believe that. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to expand into something that more and more people are going to hop onto. I mean, there's, it's such a cool thing. The way that it set up just allows people to begin a business from scratch with little to no investment, right? You don't need to have even a couple hundred bucks to start. You could start with almost nothing because it is on demand. It's order to order. And so I think the more people start realizing like, oh, this is a real opportunity. And the more places we have to sell, the more things we have to actually sell in terms of products, the bigger it's going to get. So I'm looking forward to that time and, and to things being easier as well. I think with the interface right now, 
and the, you know, kind of like the behind the scenes of Printify and Printful, it's kind of messy. And there's a lot of glitches. There's a lot of stock issues. I don't see those things being a problem at all in the next five years. I think they are going Mm. to find a way to become so damn efficient. And there's going to be such a boom in what's able to be sold that uh, it's just going to be one opportunity that many people just can't even pass up because it's it's going to be really, really great. And I'm looking forward to that. And I think the people that are sticking with it now uh, in its pre-infancy, as I said, uh, are going <laughs> to uh, be really happy with the direction because I think it's going to only get easier and easier. The same thing happened with Etsy. When I started on Etsy, um, the back end of it, like the, the seller area was really hard to navigate. It was it like the features were non-existent back in 2014. And now it's developed into such an easy to use thing that has all the features in one area. And I see the same thing happening with print on demand. I think when something is this big of an opportunity, it just continues to grow, get easier to use, get more accessible and, and more robust in terms of the catalog of products that they offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's great insight. And thanks for offering your predictions and we'll hold you to it. And in five years, yeah. we will reference this yeah. and we'll see if you're <laughs> right, right or wrong. The accuracy of it. Uh, now, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the show. And as we wind down here, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you're, you've got a couple of things that you're offering the community. Um other than this awesome insight and advice that you've offered on this episode. So thank you again for that. But there's a couple of things that you're offering a design bootcamp and elite membership. So could you tell us a little bit about those offerings and and where people can find them and and sign up and and go from there? So the blank to bank ebook is always where I tell people to start because that's the trend spotting mm. process. I have I also have a course for that. The book is like nine ninety five. It's super cheap. The course is thirty nine bucks. So you can buy the course and get the book in it for thirty nine dollars, um, and you can actually watch me go through the process myself, just like screen sharing. So that really helps people a lot. But after blank to bank, everyone's like, where do I go next? And I always say my design bootcamp bundle. Um, I have it on sale right now. It was a Black Friday deal that I ended up leaving on sale like forever, but I'm going to take it down very soon. It's a very limited offer for $2.97. You get my uh, design boot camp, which is basically walks you through A to Z, how to create best-selling print-on-demand designs without being a graphic designer. The no graphic design experience needed uh, the way that I've done it for the last seven years. Uh, it has my Etsy accelerator in it, which is like the basics of SEO and photos and all that sort of good stuff. It has all the blank to bank stuff in it. Um, it has uh, a listing photos masterclass. So everything that people need to begin is in this bundle. So that's always where I point people. The next thing to do is the, the design bootcamp bundle. And then the elite membership is what I referenced earlier is strictly like a, a trend spotting membership. I weekly... Mm-hmm go through or release a new trend spotting video where I'm looking for new trends, walking you through how I do it, walking you through what I see, all the observations. And, you know, sometimes I even talk about how to incorporate it into specific designs, how the trend combine and all that sort of stuff. Then we have bi-weekly group coaching calls in that membership. And I have two designated Instagram accounts exclusive to only members. I have an Instagram and a Pinterest that I curate myself with really trendy mm. content so people can daily check in and, and mm. see new stuff. So that's really exciting. And the elite membership is something I started only about 
four or five months ago. And it is definitely a Beowulf's favorite. I think everybody likes the membership the most because it's really interactive and you can get a whole lot of good information for a very low price each month. And and tell everyone where they can find you on social, Instagram, Facebook, and your website. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to put all of these links in the show notes as well so the listeners can just access them uh, right from their uh, whatever podcast platform they're listening from so tell us where to find you yeah so uh the, my website is just beawolfbiz.com i'm beawolfbiz on instagram the beawolfbiz facebook group uh and you can find me on youtube beawolfbiz as well it's all the same handle across all social media i really focus on instagram and my facebook group the most well, Brittany, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. I know that this is going to be very beneficial uh, for our listeners and those starting out. So thank you for taking the time. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again and follow up and, and see what else you've developed and the, the progress that, you, that you've made on your Etsy shops even from this point. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you guys. This was really, really fun. So there it is, our interview with Brittany Lewis. So much good information. She gave a lot of insight, a lot of stuff that I honestly, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, obviously, because I, I don't have any history, you know, knowing Brittany, but man, she came through with some great pieces of insight. Travis, you know, on this side of the interview, looking back, what are some of your, you know, favorite kind of nuggets that she dropped for the, for the listener? Yeah, I'm really impressed with her, you know, just overall knowledge of of not only the Etsy platform, but yeah. um, the the buying experience. Like she I, I think the the thing I took away the most really was um know your buyer, know your customer. Yeah. And yeah. and she really, really, really like every single tip that she gave kind of came back to know your customer, know your audience yeah, and, yeah. and play to that, play to that because that is your number one strength. And, you know, yeah. she, she echoed a lot of, you know, some of the similar things that we've heard other interviewees talk about, just, you know, focus on design. Mm -hmm. um, but again, focus on design that, that your customer is going to yes. like, you know, yeah. it all comes back yeah. to, to who, who's, who's going to buy. And then, I loved the idea of, you know, what kind of emotions are you invoking yeah. with, with those mock-ups and yes. how are you kind of, you know, drawing them in, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have that mock-up, but if you don't get the click because of the mock-up, then it doesn't really matter. And, yeah. and I loved how she talked about, you know, trying to invoke emotion with those mock-ups because emotion does drive sales. She's absolutely yeah. right. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the interview. Was really impressed with her um, her knowledge of of print on demand and and kind of buyer um, uh, you know kind of buyer signals, buyer uh, sure experiences sure. and like how to how to tap into those things. Yeah, um, it was really impressive. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you're right. I think you nailed it there. That every every kind of tip and insight she gave did come back with no your buyer from the mock-ups knowing what's going to attract their attention to the designs and the design thing I thought was very insightful too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I encourage people listening that if, even if you're not selling on Etsy, those design tips, um, they apply to you too, uh, <laughs> on Amazon, Walmart, whatever, yeah. you know, finding something that's going to cut through the noise, because if you just list another kiss me, I'm Irish listing for March 17th, you're going to get lost in the noise. No one's going to yep. kiss you regardless of your ethnicity, if you have a bad design. So make sure your designs cut through the noise. Yeah. Uh, and I also really appreciated, 
um, how transparent she was, right? Uh, she yes. she shared some some really you know in hindsight funny stories uh, <laughs> about the cat cat pee shorts and yep. <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, which which is the kind kind of things that you can look back on and, and laugh, uh, but in the moment it, it was a, a catastrophe. So I right. really really appreciate her being vulnerable and letting people know like, Hey, again, it's the iceberg thing. You might see the tip of the iceberg, but you don't see the bottom that's under the water. That's made it what it is. Um, so again, thank you to Brittany for coming on the show and uh, offering such great insight to our listener. I think uh, this is going to be really, really beneficial um, for those that are just starting out and those that are already on the journey, but yep. a really, really good insight for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, buyer behavior, that was the the word I couldn't mm. figure out before, but buyer behavior yeah. is, is so important. And, and I don't think we, you know, I don't think you can be reminded enough um, that that's what, yeah. as, as, as a seller of anything, you know, as, as in the sure. market, buyer behavior is everything and trying to, you know, um, bring those buyers to a place where they will make a purchase. Yeah. That's, that's really everything. And uh, yeah. so I really appreciated that. Um, you know, from, from the interview. Yeah. It's like infusing, you know, psychology almost into your, your market research and knowing who your ideal customer is. So yeah, yeah. fantastic stuff, guys, please avail yourself of the show notes. Go follow Brittany mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram, the Facebook group, her website. And if you want to take advantage of the courses that she offers, we encourage you to do so because there's all of this knowledge and more Mm-hmm. But you know, on her website, on her social. So go follow her and thank her. Uh, thank Brittany right. again for, for coming on to the show. And thank you guys for listening and always coming back week after week and putting up with Travis and I's banter and dad <laughs> jokes. And if you want more banter and dad jokes, print on demandcast.com slash Facebook. We'll take you to the Facebook group. Um, join the conversation, join the community, the family. We're really excited to get that thing growing and seeing kind of the, uh, the engagement that we're seeing on, on that platform. Um, it's been really, really awesome. Of course, you can always go to www.printondemandcast.com to find more about the podcast. And you can reach out to Travis and I, info at printondemandcast.com if you have questions for us, for Brittany, for us to pass along. If you'd like to let us know about your own personal cat pee short story and uh, and <laughs> failures that you've experienced and that you can relate to in your POD journey, your entrepreneurial journey, please be sure to do that as well. And as always, we are available on all of the major podcast platforms, Mm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, rate and subscribe. And we are very, very thankful for you guys always coming uh, week after week and supporting us. Uh, It means the world to us. We're very excited to see that. What we thought about in the beginning, that there was a hole in the market, that there needed to be a podcast with this kind of information. We're excited to know that there is a community that that is kind of, just soaking in all of the stuff that we're bringing week after week through our guests. So it's very, very encouraging, very exciting for us. So thank you guys so much for Travis. I'm Josiah and we'll see you next time right here on the print on demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the print on demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.